Be'ezes Hashem Yisbarech. We will continue. We are learning the holy letters, the Balatanya, letter number 12. What the Shir is L'schos Rufur Shalema. For Hinder Bastaber Rachel. What we are learning, the holy letter number 12, which is the act of charity brings peace in the world. And the inner obsession with charity brings a silent tranquility that's never ending and everlasting. And we are going deep into the idea of the difference between peace and a never ending tranquility. We are explaining the difference between the act of charity and the obsession of charity is that the act of charity is the body of charity. And the obsession of charity is the most profound sense of activity where the activity has tremendous intention and the mission the inner working of the activity is with tremendous attention and significance and purpose where a person can do charity where he so to speak asleep where it's not where he hasn't tapped into the focus and purpose of his life where he doesn't see the awesome energy of Yom Kippur in his charity giving, which means that he can put the penny in tzedakah box, or he can look at a poor person and not even realize the poor person is there and hand him a hundred dollar bill. Or avoid this at tzedakah, the obsession with compassion, is every moment, every activity is completely energized with a different soul, with a different energy. Which is to be obsessed with compassion means to wait for every moment to be able to give more compassion. It's like any obsession that a person has, any hobby that a person has, that the hobby becomes an obsession. Which means it usually allows for an adrenalistic part of the soul to be revealed. A person has a hobby or an obsession with race driving or skiing or any form of obsession. The obsession allows for a deeper power of the soul, a deeper and adrenalistic, hyper-energized nature to come out. And we're explaining over here that the ultimate secret and mystery of compassion is that when you obsess on compassion, a hyper inner infinite energy is released, but that energy gives a clarity and a symbosis and a tranquility that's deep within a person which allows him to be able to see the world 
in a way that everything is silent and that there's a never-ending harmony. And we explain that we see this in a very deep way in the birth of the Jewish nation. Because as we explained, that what you hate, don't do to your friend. And we've explained in the past that this is the whole entire Torah, which is obviously Yisrael. And it's true that when you open up every Pasuk in the Torah, it's a little bit hard to decipher. It's a little bit hard to see compassion. Rachamim, Merachem, Marcham. It's hard to see that compassion is the purpose of the world. But to suffer with another person, to be able to connect with another person in the most deepest way, in a non-judgmental way, to eliminate all judgment, to eliminate all judgment is the beginning of compassion. You see a person in life, explains the holy Tzemach Tzedek, a person in life, one thing he doesn't want. Why does a person not want to be a beggar? Why is there eight levels in tzedakah? Because a person does not want busha, he doesn't want shame. What shame is there in receiving money from someone, in receiving anything from anyone? What shame is there? The shame of being judged. This what you hate, don't do to your friend, means don't judge him. Don't, don't judge a person ever. If he's roy, if he deserves, if he should get. Don't ever make a person feel like you are judging him. The act of charity is to create peace. Peace means to eliminate judgment. All forms of judgment. The only reason there's no peace in the world is because people are judging each other all the time. Judge each other. And how can a person eliminate judgment? If he judges himself, if he realizes that he himself hates to be judged. To be judged, to be measured, to, to be worthy. Are you worthy? And if a person goes deep inside himself to see if he's worthy. If he goes deep inside himself to see if he's worthy. <coughs> And he has the gift of doing this all the time, which is avoidance at tzedakah. Avoidance at tzedakah is to ask yourself all the time, am I worthy? To judge, but to judge yourself. To eliminate judgment, bechutz. The shoiftim, asniel ben kenaz. The first shoifet, the first judge in Klal Yisrael. After Yeshua, the Jewish people were suffering horrific circumstances. The first shoifet asneel ben kenaz. Why did God choose him to be the judge? Because he had an internal judgment. He told God, Reira Isi, this Pasik that you said, that you told Moshe Rabbeinu about the Jewish people who commit the sins of the eagle. You judged them favorably. You said, the ones who committed the eagle and the ones who didn't, all of them should get you to give me the sarachimim. All of them 
should be judged favorably. So came this one person, Asniel ben Kinaz. And he told God all the time, he defended the Jewish people, as the Medrash said. If they were, he said, these people, they're not wealthy, they don't have money. If you give them money, all the problems will go away. According to other Shita in the Medrash, he said, these people, they don't have Chochmah, they don't have Seichel. They would have a little bit of Seichel. If they would have a little intelligence, if they would have Chochmah bin Adas, Choyden Adas, if they would have a little Das, they would be the right type of intelligence, the right type of... Of course, they would be nice to everyone, and they wouldn't, they wouldn't be problematic, and they would be religious. And the truth is that these rabbis are not arguing. Each one looked at a different thing as important. Asniel Kenaz made all the arguments. Because Asniel Kenaz told God, Why are you being so tough on these people? If you would just give them everything they need, you're the healer of all the healers, the healer of all flesh. You could give them the energy, you could give them an energy of compassion. And as soon as Asniel ben Kenaz judged the whole nation favorably, he judged everyone favorably, which means he eliminated judgment. You understand? In Klal Yisrael, we, the word mishpat, in the parshas, people get confused by the word judgment, mishpat. Mishpat says Rashi, most of the time means to measure. It doesn't mean to judge like you think it means. It's the inner dimension, the inner energy of shoifet means mishpat. Mishpat means to measure, to measure how much does everyone need. Judgment and justice, all of that is illusions. Is illusions. Person goes through life most of the time trapped in the space of judgment, looking around and judging people by their actions, judging people by the way they look, never going into the place of measurement to ask yourself, what does this person need now? How can a person ever make a judgment? How can a person ever ask a person, what does he need right now? Why are we so judgmental on everyone else? Because we are not doing the job of our own job. We're not being judgmental on ourselves. We're not asking ourselves, do we deserve? Why do I have a judgment energy in my body? Why is my left side judgment? Because I have to ask myself, do I deserve? Could you imagine the compassion of all the rabbis of the generation if they would ask themselves, why do they know Torah better than the, the, the people who are not religious? So why do they know anything better? Could you imagine the compassion of an intelligent person? You imagine what type of humility. If you would ask themselves this question all the time, why is it that I know? Before he gets triggered as a child who throws a tantrum, before he gets triggered by people around him or doing things that he can't stand, to ask yourself the question, why am I any better? Why am I any different? When you judge yourself, when you judge yourself yourself, only you can judge yourself. Nobody can ever judge you. Because you hate being judged. We all abhor shame more than anything in the world. Shame means to be judged. That's all it means. doesn't mean anything else. It started with Adam and Chava when they recognized their contribution. And that was the beginning of all judgment. 
when they took the Chetit Tzadas, when they saw the separateness of each of us, and to understand the beginning of all judgment, Tzedakah Umishpat, when we say the words, Melachoyot Tzedakah Umishpat, we are saying Chesedu Rachamim, Mishpat actually means Rachamim. Because if you're judging yourself, if you're measuring yourself, you're saying, what do I deserve? And then you're going deep into it and you're realizing you only get to give to that person. You actually don't have it equal. Because you have to give to the other person. Like Shloim HaMelech said, I want to leave Shloimea because if I take what's destined for that person, if I take it, I'm going to be, I am actually killing it off his soul. In another nation, I could take from one and give to another. But in this nation, we're all one people. How can I take from one and give to the other? Which means to judge internally all the time, to ask yourself, why am I better? You understand, Shloim Melech got Melucha precisely because he didn't want it. Why did he not want it? He didn't want it because he, it was too hard for him to judge, to be in power, to be better than another person. But he said, I only want to be better than another person if I can use that to better the whole society. If I can make equality by the Jewish people. And at that moment, Hashem said, you will be the king. The, the wisdom will never leave you. And the same thing with the first shoifit, Asniel ben Kenaz. Shoifit does not mean to judge the Jewish people. It means to judge them favorably. The literal translation. You understand? We're learning it and we're learning it wrong. Everyone's learning it wrong. Not, this is not a drash. This is not a vart. This is the energy of the truth of the whole Torah. That mishpat means to measure. What does a person need? Asniel ben Kenaz came, and the Spirit of God rested on him, because he said the whole Jewish nation should be redeemed. Just making them suffer, God. The righteous ones and the ones who have problems. All of them deserve. Why? Because the ones that have problems, because you're not giving them what they need. And God's waiting for that. That's what He waited for with Moshe Rabbeinu. That's what he told Noyach, that Noyach is a royal shoyta, because Noyach didn't have compassion on the whole generation. He had compassion himself, which is the beginning of compassion. So the word mishpat means rachamim. In the literal translation, it means to be measured, to give everyone what they need. When you see that word mishpat, tziyam be mishpat yibadah. Mishavayah Mishpat means rachamim, merachim, to be in a space where you're limiting what you get both physically and even spiritually. You're shoifit, you take the minimum for yourself spiritually. You know what that looks like? To take the minimum for yourself spiritually, that means that even if you're an intelligent person and you think you know everything, you're going to be actually limited on yourself. You're going to learn the beer minimum and the rest of the time you're going to run to shear with somebody who doesn't know. You're going to give confidence to somebody, to a child. To somebody, you're going to spend time with your wife. You're going to spend time with your spouse. You're going to spend time. You're going to have the, all the extra things that are given to you. You're going to give it to somebody else. Because siyam b'mishpati pada, how are you going to get in touch with the core of your soul if you think you're better than the other person? You understand? Mishpat means to take the minimum for yourself. To take the minimum for yourself. And to give the rest to another person. In 1968, Lubavitcher Rebbe spent an enormous amount of time teaching this and explaining this. He said, most people think 
that wealth and all these things, there's a limit in charity and there's a limit in all these things. And he said, of course, there's a limit. The limit has to do with your life. You don't splurge things that you don't have. You don't go into debt. But your, the essence of your life has to be compassion. doesn't matter how much hours you're working. doesn't matter the switch in your soul, the the change in your consciousness has to be that I can be working all the time, but in my free time, in my hobbies, in my energy, in my, in my, my extra wealth that I have, how much time am I going to spend in isolation, just developing my character, growing, and how much time am I spend to give for another person? That's the question. Mishpat means to measure how much everybody needs. Why do you think you were given extra why does a person, a person has millions of dollars in the bank, and why do you think you were given extra? God didn't know how to make it equal. Because He wanted a partner in creation. He wanted us to tap into the whole Torah. He wanted not to believe not to say To plant the Torah in us means that we have to learn it and be misagayan it and discover the compassion in the Torah to eliminate judgment. We're born with this negative side. And this negative side is the side of Esav, which is the side of the Nachash which is the left side in its, in its emptiness, in its core, which is the ego, and the anger, and the jealousy, and the judgment, and the self-oriented narcissism that everybody's animal has on some level. And then to get wealth, and then to go through a life full of trauma, and, and, and addiction, and problems. And what do we do with all that? How do we make a... How do we make tranquility at all of that? And that's the secret of this week's parsha, which is that Yitzchak Avinu was Gvura. Yitzchak Avinu was the left side. He represented the feminine. It says in Kabbalah, he wasn't even supposed to have children because he was really a feminine soul. He was a, he was a soul that could have never gave birth because he didn't have the masculine energy in him. Avram, his father, was masculine. The one who gave the soul... The one who gave the seed, the one who gave the wisdom, was Abraham. Yitzchak was the receiver. He was Gvura. Gvura means the body. Now do you remember what happened in Pashas Bereshis? We have Nachash, who's fully body. And we have Chava, who's the body of Adam. She has her own ten energies, but she represents the body of Adam. Of this man that was both man and woman. Adam gets separate and he becomes now Adam and Chava, who is the body of this human, becomes separate. And they're both a people, they're both a man. When they come together, it's soul and body together. She's primarily responsible for the body, he's primarily responsible for the soul. The body's the nurturing, it's the holding, it's the loving, it's the detailed care. And the soul is the idea. The idea of the love. The woman actually loves. But she takes her love and she makes her husband's real love real. And then she has love also. She's not only critical. She's not only working through the details. But she gets everything he has when they become one unit. But the Nochash wanted to make an idolization of that. He wanted to make an addiction out of that. And he gave Chava to, to taste from the body. To taste the body of the food. And then she saw the allure of her own body. And she tried to tempt Adam Arisha. And Avraham Avinu's and other religions' eyes also opened up. And then in this week's parsha, as we see with most of the parshas in Bereshis, 
There is a tikkun of the chet etzadas. What is the tikkun? There's a fixing of this confusion with a shame. And the, the, the tikkun of this confusion is that Yitzchak really identifies with Esau because Yitzchak is Gvura and Gvura is the feminine. Gvura is the body. And Esau is the body. Esau comes out first. He's covered in here. He actually ends up killing Nimrod and he takes away that clothing that God made for Avram, for Adam and Chava. And in fact, that clothing is the clothing that Rivka gives to Yaakov to come steal the blessings. Because Yitzchak identifies with Esau. The first child that came out from these twins, the first child is the body, represents Chava. Represents the Nachosh in its core. Represents the body of Chava. What the, the Nachosh was trying to get on its own from the externality. But Rivka, who she's called Kulei Chesed. Rivka was chosen because she was kind. She was the opposite. You understand? Masculine, feminine. Feminine makes it real. Sarah made Avram real. Hagar didn't make it real. Sarah made Abram real. That's why Yitzchak, you call her Sarah was the narrowing down of Abram. Now we have a child, Yitzchak. He's real. He's Gvura. He's pure. But he still represents the body. Now her mother, his mother, Yitzchak's mother is Sarah. And Yitzchak's wife is Rivka. Rivka is Chesed. She's going to make a child that's Rachamim. You understand? From Gvura, it starts from Gvura, but it ends in Chesed. It starts in judgment, but internal judgment. To judge yourself, to say, why am I Roy? And then it ends in Chesed. Because Rivka gives birth to two boys, Esav and Yaakov. Esau is the beginning of that struggle with temptation, that struggle with addiction, that struggle, that struggle with idolizing the body all over again. And do you think you're going to be free from that struggle when you look back in your life 40 years, 30 years, addictions, traumas, shames, judgment, all of that is the struggle of Chava with the Nachash. It's the struggle of Yaakov and Esau. It's the same struggle over and over again. We all came into this world to struggle. To struggle with an animal, to you know, hold the animal, control the animal, unleash the animal, use the animal. But if your traumas get you down, you miss the whole entire boat. If you don't have a life of trauma, then you're not in touch with reality. To have a life full of trauma, a life full of judgment, a life full of emptiness. But then to realize it one day when you're learning this, which is to understand what compassion is. Yaakov struggled with Esau from the moment of birth because Esau wanted to idolize the body. Esau means grass, it means here, it means false. It means just the body for the body. And Yaakov's holding on to that heel all the time. You understand? You come into this world, Esau gets you first, 12, 13 years. You're an Esau's. You're developing a social nature, you're developing a mind. You're always as a child taking the matchbox cars and the, the Barbie dolls, you're saying it's mine. You're developing this mine identity, my gender, my idea, my money. I'm better than you. Never asking why do you deserve anything at all? Why do I deserve? 
It's a tremendous energy that one day you wake up to this. And you fight with Esau. You beat the Malach of Esau. And in that moment Yisrael is born. In that moment Midas HaRachamim is born. In that moment Yaakov becomes something entirely new. Where he struggled with the body. He struggled with the animal. But he unleashed something far beyond, far beyond anything imaginable. Which is the meat of Yisrael, which means to struggle with kindness and to unleash it. But in the most powerful, judgmental way, to judge yourself, to realize, to see the skeletons in your closet, to see everything you went through so you can identify whether someone else's pain. To realize how you hate to be judged and therefore never to judge anyone else. To be in a space of Yisrael, Yashar'el, that you strove, you strided, you fought with the Malach, you fought with temptation at its core, but the burst, the core of your soul, the etzem of your neshama, the Yisrael Shabbat neshama, came out and triumphed over Yaakov, triumphed over Yisav, triumphed over Yaakov, because Yaakov's constant identity is based off Esav. And to realize, to discover God from within, to discover God's compassion, to discover it from within is the most magical thing in the world. To be developing your product all the time, whatever it is, and then one day to realize that the God of Avram, the God of Yitzchak, and the God of Yaakov has nothing to do with your product. Your product is just the clothing that Rivka made Yaakov put on in order to glide through the world to get those blessings. The curse that Aramadishan got was he's going to have to work the field. But you were taken out of this curse. If you daven, if you pray, and you give charity, you have nothing to do with this curse. So you're going to go now identify with your product. You developed this in China, and that's where you're making your money. Your intelligence has nothing to do with an intelligence of creativity in your business. You're not building furniture, and you're not building any products, and you're not involved in real estate. You have nothing to do with that. Because Abraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov were all the richest people in the world, because they had the brach of the Ebeshter. But also that, we are not coming from a space of judgment. We all go through this process. Of Yaakov thinking that he got the brachas wearing the clothing of Esau. Because that's part of the world. But to take ownership of the world. To unleash a Yisrael. To unleash an energy which is the core of my soul. Which is that in that space I own the whole entire world. Because I discovered what Abraham Avinu discovered outside. That God is the owner of the world. I discovered it in my product. In my clothing. It means that no matter what I'm doing, I realize that that's just clothing. I realize that the body is not something to idolize because I beat the Malach of Esau. I beat the allure of the Nachash. And to usher in the Messianic era in me now, which means to be compassionate, which means to understand that this purpose of this life is to take my ego, take my product, take the clothing, take the feminine form that I have in my life, which is my own body, my own ego, my own idea of idolization, and to use that to serve the Creator of the world. To know another person without no suffering, which means to look internally and see I'm no better than him. And anything better I have spiritually is only so I can give him. And anything better I have physically is only I can give him. And if I need to judge anybody, I'll judge myself all the time. Tzedakah o mishpat. I will give compassion, but then I'll be mishpat, I will judge myself. And then I will give much deeper because I judge my traumas, judge my addictions. I know what I went through. I can internalize on my Yaakov. My Yaakov struggled with Esau. got hit by Esau. got injured by Esau. got injured by the Chet So I'm no different than anyone else. I'm no better. And to be in that space, to give to your children, to realize that your older doesn't make you better than your children. 
You were created for your children. And to realize that you were created for your spouse. And you were created for the poor man. And you were created for any emptiness around you, which allows you to keep on getting. When you understand this, you have touched Hashkid Vavetta. Because your mission is something different. It's not your, it's not your business that you're going to work to every single day. You have tapped into the family business, which is Abraham Avinu, which was Nizgal and Yitzchak, but ultimately in Yaakov, through fighting with Esau. Because then Yisrael is born, then compassion is born, and compassion doesn't happen in one day. It's a never-ending, everlasting, silent tranquility, which is a peace, hand-in-hand, you walk in God, and it happens after trauma, and happens after pain and suffering, and tremendous addiction, because how are you ever going to judge another person favorably if you didn't suffer on your own? If you don't have a whole life full of trauma, if you didn't struggle with Asaph, you would think you could ever know anyone else. That's the gift that was given to Avram Avinu, that he had a grandchild, that Yaakov redeemed him. Because Avram wished he could suffer with another person. And Hashem said, don't worry, in your grandchild, in Yaakov Avinu, there will be suffering. Yaakov Avinu will suffer for 22 years. He will not even know sleep. He will suffer. He will be conned out from one wife, another wife. He will suffer. He will think he married one wife. He will think it's confused. He doesn't like her. He will go through this whole time until he will realize that he married the most perfect spouse. And in that space is through tremendous struggle. But in that space you unleash an affinity, unattached love. You unleash a compassion. That's ain't a true Yibadavar. Because there's mishpat and the tzedakah. You're judging yourself internally, but to everybody else you're giving infinity. And that's the Hashkiv Avetach he's talking about that. And if you touch this one time in your life, you make this your life's mission. Because that's ushering you in the messianic era now. 